This episode of Powder Keg is brought to you by Perk, a marketing technology company that connects consumers to brands. And what I love about Perk is that Perk is a lot like Indianapolis, the city where they're headquartered. You see, Indy has all the opportunities that a big city offers with all the small town charm. So similarly, Perk has big company stability and all the excitement of a small growing tech startup. It's really the best of both worlds. And Perk is hiring for a bunch of positions. So if you're interested, check out perk.com forward slash careers. That's P-E-R-Q.com forward slash careers and see if there's a fit for you or for a friend. Again, that's perk.com forward slash careers. And we are live again with another episode of Powder Keg Live, a very special Rise of the Rest edition. Uh, check out that hashtag, Rise of Rest. We are with five of the finalists who will be pitching live uh, next week, October 12th, all competing for a $100,000 check from Steve Case and the Rise of Rest team. Uh, it will be an investment into one of these companies. We had a live episode yesterday that included five of the other finalists, so 10 finalists in total. We have the other five here in studio today. Amazing range of companies and uh, coming from all over the state of Indiana. I'm very, very excited to introduce our team here that we've got in studio today. But first, I want to give a huge shout out to Site Strategics. Uh, Site Strategics is an amazing digital marketing agency based here in Indianapolis. And we are in Edge Media Studios, which is the podcasting studio and video production company that helps us uh, look great when we're doing these amazing uh, live streams. Uh, at the same time, they'll oftentimes live stream our pitch competitions, and you can actually catch their live stream next week as all five of the companies that are joining me today will pitch live on stage. Before we dive into introductions, I do want to remind you all of this is live, and what we want to do here is share it as far and wide as possible. So if you're just tuning in, please share this in your Facebook feed. The more we share it, the more other people will share, and the more people will understand that Indianapolis is an amazing place to start a technology company. Uh, and you'll, you'll see that here as we make introductions around the table. Uh, just a great place for entrepreneurship. So first up at, at the table, I want to introduce uh, from the Quantify team, we have Despi Ross, who's the VP of Customer Experience. And Despi, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, and to Despi's left, we have Mohammed A. Mahdi, who is the co-founder of Design My Soap. He is sharing a microphone today with Despi. <laughs> Mohammed, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having us. And you came all the way from Bloomington, Indiana, yep. right? Yep, Bloomington, Indiana. Awesome. Near and dear to my heart is yeah. where I went to school down there and uh, try to get yeah. back as often as possible. Thankfully, we didn't hit any traffic. So yeah, right. right? Time, yeah. <laughs> There's been perpetual construction for the last yep. decade. <laughs> yes. That's true. Uh, and to... Uh, Next to you, Muhammad, we have Lisa Lochner, who's the president and CEO of uh, Go Electric. Thank you so much for being here. You came all the way from Anderson, Indiana. I did. Yeah, <laughs> glad to be here. Thanks for thanks for being here. I'm your host, Matt Hunkler. Uh, I forgot to mention that I'm the founder and uh, CEO of Powder Keg. Find out more on powderkeg.com. You don't want to hear about me. You want to hear about this guy to my left, <laughs> Amon Brar, who is the uh, co-founder and president of Canvas. Thank you so much for being here, uh, Amon. We were in the studio Last, was that last week yeah, or a week before last? Ago, yeah. yeah. yeah good, to, good to have you back here. Glad to be back. Thanks. Absolutely. And last but certainly not least, uh, we had uh, this founder on the Powder Keg stage, I think, a month or two ago. Yeah. She brought down the house, yeah. just killed it with her pitch. Uh, so I'm really excited to see the, the pitch next week uh, from all of these companies. Uh, but thank you, Kristen Nunnery, who is the uh, co-founder and CEO of my COI. 
Thanks for having me. It's Absolutely. Great to be here. Well, speaking of pitches, we're not going to do your full Rise of the Rest pitch here. We're going to save that for next week. We want to give people a reason to tune in because uh, I know that those are going to be amazing. A great Q&A, I'm sure, with Steve Case, co-founder of AOL, and some of the other Revolution folks. Uh, but I'd like to do like maybe the elevator pitch. So, Despy, could you maybe kick us off with your short 30-second? We just stepped into an elevator, and I'm asking, you know, what is Quantify? Absolutely. Quantify is a marketing R&D platform for social ads. And that means that we um, help our customers who are marketers um, discover what advertising creative channels and audiences are going to work for their business. And we work with them uh, with our CX team and our software to coach them on what is working now, but also what will work next. I've got a lot of questions for you. Yeah, so I'm, we'll, we'll, I'm we'll excited come back. to answer them. Mohammed, can you tell us yeah. about Design My Soap? How did that how did that get started and what, what are you doing? Yeah, so Design My Soap is the world's first online soap making studio. It's DIY soap making um, online. And it's pretty much you're making your soap without the cleanup. We do the cleanup for you where customers get the chance to personalize their own soap. They get to pretty much create their own ingredients, choose their ingredients, choose exfoliants, choose essential oil blends, and we make it right for you and ship it to your door within 10 days. And we get to do all this with our proprietary uh, manufacturing process, which we term the volcano method. Oh, so yeah. cool. I love it. I love the title of the yeah. method. Yeah. And it sounds like the only way I would possibly make my own soap. Yeah. So I'm excited to try that out. Uh, and of course, Lisa, can you tell us about Go Electric? Sure. Go Electric builds, uh, it's a hardware software solution that helps keep the lights on at businesses and also reduces your energy costs every day. So we're able to provide uninterruptible power from uh, any energy resource, which is awesome. So we do a lot with renewables to keep them working and, and powering your facility. And then when your business is stuck in a grid outage, like a lot of businesses unfortunately have had in the last few months with all the weather problems, we keep everything going and, and making sure your energy costs are minimized. That's awesome. A huge like social impact side of what it, you do it is as well. environmental and social. Yeah, we're really looking to accelerate renewable adoption across the well across the United States and across the world. So we've got a great technology and just amazing electrical engineers that are making it happen. I love it, and you're doing it from Anderson, Indiana. We are. We're at the flagship enterprise center. They just opened up a brand new facility, and we're renting eight thousand square feet, and we're uh, producing twelve systems right now for Hawaii, uh, New York, uh, Utah, and Colorado. That is awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, we got to talk more about that. But first, let's get two more elevator two more. pitches in. Um, and I know you have the canvas pitch sure. down yeah. to a T. We talked about it on the yeah. episode forty-five of the Powder Cake Podcast. But for those that haven't. Tuned into that amazing episode of you and Mike Reynolds. Could you maybe give us? Yeah, for those that aren't sick of me yet, uh, Canvas <laughs> is the world's first text-based interviewing platform. So we launched June thirteenth, and already connecting everything from Fortune five hundred to startups to candidates such as welders, machinists, customer service reps, sales professionals, registered nurses, physicians, and now even pilots. So it's been a really is that all ride. Yeah, that's all so far. <laughs> Dude, that is awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Such a cool story. I'm 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 eager to dive in and get a little more context too. Look forward to it. Cool. And Kristen, could you give us the, the elevator pitch on MyCOI? Absolutely. So we help protect businesses from keeping them from expensive insurance claims and litigation. And basically what happens is, uh, you know, every business out there is hiring contractors, suppliers, vendors, signing leases with tenants every single day. And when they do that and they sign those contracts, you know, they, they take on risk because that subcontractor might cause an accident. You might hire an electrician in this building and they do faulty wiring, the building burns down. 
right? So anytime they sign those third-party contracts, they put insurance requirements in them based on the risk that you know that person's doing, that company's doing. Uh, and it's important to verify that they actually have the right insurance. So when those accidents happen, there's an insurance policy that picks up that claim. And that's a very manual, tedious headache process. Nobody likes doing, but everybody has to do it. Um, and so we bring forward a software solution to help drive automation into that. So we, we drive compliance up, we protect our customers and uh, bring automation into a very paper, manual headache of a process. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and, and you've been uh, hitting some awesome growth numbers, I know. We which, have. Which you shared uh, very on the Powder Cake right stage. Yeah. So yep. um, congratulations. Thank you. A lot of people working on some really cool, very diverse companies here. And I think it's always interesting to get a little bit of backstory of how, what the inception of this idea was. What was the problem? You know, what was the initial solution? Was there a pivot in there? Um, and one of the, one of the companies I'd like to start with, Mohammed, is, is, um, design my soap. It sounds like such a unique approach. I imagine there's not a ton of online soap designing, yeah. uh, <laughs> platforms out there. How did you decide? to uh, get into the soap business. So you know what? We started a Soapy Soap Company five years ago. It was um, myself, my brother, and Anthony, our other business partner. And one day, you know what? We just needed soap, and we like, we're like we makers at heart. So we're like, you know what? Let's make it ourselves. And we YouTubed videos, checked out library books, and we're like, we didn't really know about the all-natural market at that time. And you know, we're like, all these other soap, traditional soaps have like sodium tallowate or beef fat or pork fat. So we're like, you know what, let's make all natural bar soap that's all that's vegan friendly and that's halal friendly. So we use ingredients that you can pronounce like olive oil, canola oil, in ingredients you can cook with. And then just in December 2016, we want to disrupt the soap making field with uh, designmysoap.com. And we thought this would differentiate us in the soap market because, you know, some people, they make like people make soap at home in the farmer's market and stuff. And with our proprietary method we can get soap ready the same day. Because with traditional soap making, it takes about 30 to 60 days for the soap to cure. And um, with our soap making, it's ready and safe to use the same day. How did you figure out how to do that? In, in a world where you're learning from books and YouTube videos, yeah. how did you just say, you know, the, this whole recipe of taking 30, 60 days, that sounds great. You know what? We were trying to first, like, do the traditional soap making process of, like, okay, the cold and hot process, the 30 to 60 day curing and then when we were doing the way we were making it we're like wait something's not right and then we realized that it is safe to use so we just somehow just came up with it and then now that volcano method is is what's making design my soap happen where we can just use that method to make the soaps and get it shipped out to your door within 10 days and it was just one of those things where it just happened and, awesome. we, and we just we pretty much like you know breathing eating living soap <laughs> Did you say eating? Yeah. Figuratively oh speaking, yeah. <laughs> I like it. That's that's yeah. putting your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Lisa, do you have a similar story where you just kind of like got into electric vehicles and the, the whole go electric movement and read all the books and watched the videos? Or was there sort of a different approach to that? Yeah, a slightly different approach. So I'm not an inventor and, and never will be. But I've got a lot of experience launching startups. So okay. before I went out on my own, um, uh, I worked for Rolls-Royce here in town. Uh, they had a fantastic uh, role for me at the end of my career, which was Rolls-Royce Corporate Ventures. And it was the coolest job in corporate world if you're an engineer. And that's based here in Indianapolis, That's here right? in Indianapolis, right. A lot of people uh, might not know that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, most people associate with England. So, yeah, uh, Rolls-Royce's largest manufacturing facility is right here in Indianapolis. So... 
So that role, we were supposed to find really cool Rolls-Royce technology and literally spin out companies. And I found it was so much fun. And, and uh, the team and I were pretty darn good at it that I wanted to do it on my own because, uh, you know, the corporate world, we have a paycheck. So there's there's not much upside. There's no downside, which, trust me, after, you know, going through uh, some of the cycles in the startup world, sometimes you look back and think, eh, maybe it wasn't so bad. <laughs> but um so um wanted to do something, though, in renewable energy or something that would have a really great environmental impact. So literally just kind of went around uh, central Indiana talking with the entrepreneurial community here to find out who's doing something that, you know, with the technology that would be awesome to help proliferate renewables. And our two lead engineers' names kept on being brought up in all the engineering and entrepreneurial circles, and that's Tony Sovereigns, our CTO, and Alex Creviston, our chief engineer. They had a patented technology. There were two engineers not really knowing what to do with it, and I was a person who knew how to start a company. So the three of us got together, started to figure out applications. We did pivot, though. The mm -hmm. first application for what they invented was a way to manage multiple energy resources and then go on and off the grid in what they call a blipless fashion. So your lights don't flicker, nothing reboots, you know, so it literally is an uninterruptible power transfer. And so we first created a off-grid electric vehicle charger and net went nowhere with it in 18 months. And uh, along the way, though, we um, put in a, a, a proposal for a small business innovation research grant called uh, SBIR. I think um, people are familiar with those. And we won it, and it was a $3 million contract for a microgrid project at Camp Smith in Hawaii. So that launched us, and then we have just grown like crazy since then. That's so cool. Yeah, so we've mm -hmm. concentrated on both the microgrid side of things, but then we also looked at how can you take, you know, which is kind of a really big thing, and make it work on an individual building level to make sure a facility can, can have energy resiliency. So this past year, we figured out how to do that. So now we can be a what they call a UPS system for like a grocery store or a gas station or a pharmacy. We, we look at businesses that if the power goes out, they have a lot of downside. They're throwing away food or, you know, they're really losing sales or lives are at stake. So so we tend to target those. And then we know if we can keep them up and running mm -hmm. when the grid goes out, they can actually keep the what the community up and running too when the grid goes out so so we feel like we've made it with you know with the environmental part of it but also with the kind of the social responsibility part of it going forward such a cool story mm -hmm. i love yeah. that yeah i would love to learn more about that we'll, we'll come back in just a minute <laughs> sure. I, despy I, I would love to talk to you uh, about your experience i know you're a podcast host as well yeah. with uh, the new new thing uh, which i've had the pleasure of listening to a couple of episodes one, how did your path lead you to quantify AI, and how did that whole um, opportunity get unveiled? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, last year, RJ Talier, our CEO, is the founder of Quantify, and he was pitching the idea to a lot of marketers. I was working uh, at an agency at the time. He pitched the idea to me, and I wanted to use that product. You know, if I could have bought that product and taken it back to work with me, I would have. What was it about it that that you said, wow, got to have this, got to work on this? Yeah. So the problem that we're trying to solve is that social advertising is really complex as a network. And as a marketer, there are so many options. And knowing how to best leverage them to drive your business, um, the 
objectives you care about is is hard. Mm-hmm. And um, as for an agency to, you know, amplify that by the number of clients that you're working for, right? And so as somebody who is working on digital for many brands, you know, I could see the application across all of my clients. People need this. People are struggling, um, you know, results on Google. Um, it's getting uh, more and more competitive and more and more expensive to do the same thing. And so um, everybody's looking to social advertising as a way to diversify your ad spend and, and figuring out where to do that and how to do it um, is something everybody could use help with. So I immediately identified with that problem and was excited when an opportunity came along to help solve it. What's the secret sauce? For those of us that want the shortcut answer, how do we get our social advertising working for us better? You use Quantify. Oh. <laughs> when you use Quantify, what is it? What's the secret sauce behind Quantify that yeah. makes it? Um, yeah. So it, um, it's a combination of things. You know, we have a data scientist on our team, Mark Clerkin, who's working with our engineers to figure out how we can look at data and aggregate to inform uh, your decisions. So we can make recommendations to you in real time based on what you've done before, but also how the market's performing overall um, to help you make more informed decisions. And we also have a really amazing CX team that is built with marketers. You know, we have really built our customer experience service from the perspective of marketing consultation. So in addition to helping you get your account up and running and, you know, getting you onboarded and all those things that um, CX would typically do, we also are really focused on um, coaching you both in the product and with our team to help you understand how you can get the most out of it. I love it. Amon, can you maybe give us the uh, a little bit of the backstory of how Canvas came together? I mean, you have a really cool entrepreneurial backstory sure. leading up to uh, the start of Canvas. Yeah, well, you know, we're all kind of products of our experiences, and so I think maybe the most uh, uh, potent recent one was just scaling apparatus. And you know, with that team kind of going from a local to regional, national, and then global company, you know, honestly, it was pretty simple. I mean, Canvas was really a product that we wished that we had as we scaled from fifty to fifteen hundred employees across the globe, and so. There was just an obviousness to it that when we thought about, you know, how does work happen inside of a company now, but yet we're still like the, the thing we keep asking talent to do is to jump on a 20 minute phone screen, which is really a process that nobody likes. The recruiters don't love it uh, and candidates don't love it. And so was there another way to engage and augment that process? One analogy I use is, you know, so I started thinking about like, imagine if Match or Bumble worked where you scheduled phone screens with everybody you're interested in. It would be ludicrous, Right. Yet we can get to know someone via text that might end up being your your next life partner. It uh, feels like that could work uh, as a first step with regard to your next uh, employment opportunity, right? And so that was kind of some of the back thinking around the product and the idea. So we vetted that idea, got a lot of you know positive feedback from HR leadership out in the space on, on the coast here in Indiana, and then and decided just to kind of jump in and uh, make our little dent in the HR marketplace. So, so I might. Uh, be interested in a a role at Canvas, let's say. Sure. What's that interaction? That first interaction look like for me as someone that's maybe maybe I'm on your website and I'm I'm checking out Canvas and I want to get more information. Yeah, two things. One one is you could, it could there's an inbound experience, right? Mm-hmm. So you might see someone on the website and decide to to text you know digital marketing to you know five two two five two two and then just get engaged. With it, with a process to get engaged with a recruiter and have a conversation about the opportunity. So I'm literally having a conversation, text conversation that, with right. a recruiter as opposed to that's getting right. on phone or that's email. Right. So you can, we can bot augment that. We can go straight to human. We can do, you know, there's a lot of different preferences based off the type of company and the volume of the experience. The other side of it is really, and this was the first product that we launched, which is just really a, you know, a, re, a substitution of 
that next step. You've, you've articulated interest in an opportunity. Instead of uh, a recruiter reaching out, whether you're passive or active as a candidate, and saying, hey, let's get on the phone, an opportunity to kind of vet, vet each other hmm. uh, through, through text, right? So the, the recruiter is using a really beautiful software on under the equation, and candidates don't have to download anything, right? So they can get engaged in a very frictionless way with a company. And so what's, what's kind of happened to the economics of recruiting is that in the old world where you thought about just synchronous phone calls, a recruiter could do four to six of those in a day. In our world, you can literally do – you can do 100 of those in a day via, via text, right? In the same way that if I said, Matt, you need to talk to, to uh, as many people as possible today, right? But I don't tell you what mechanism to use. I mean <laughs> calling people on the phone would be the slowest way to engage with talent, right? But that's literally what we've been doing for 140 years, right, is, is trying to engage with talent via phone calls. And so, you know, so that, that's – the process could be inbound, kind of initiated by the candidate uh, or can be initiated by the company. That is super cool. I can't wait to try that out. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Kristen, how did you get to where you are starting MyCOI? What, what were you doing before yeah. that? Yeah. So before this, I flipped houses. So I graduated from college. I, I moved back to Indianapolis and started flipping houses. That's and, awesome. Yeah. What, what was <laughs> your biggest lesson learned flipping houses? Oh, my Asking gosh. for a friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, biggest lesson learned. Gosh, that's a hard one. Don't hire small subcontractors that don't have insurance. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> kidding on that. But uh, <laughs> it no, all but comes that, back to insurance, but, right? 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 <laughs> but that's ultimately, you know, what was a uh, factor here in starting my COI okay. is, you know, when you're flipping houses, uh, I, I was hiring a lot of small subcontractors. Right? You're hiring the guys who the owner of the company is the one that's coming out on the job site that's doing the work. And they, they're the ones that have very tight budgets at home where, you know, a car accident uh, for a family member or a child means your insurance isn't getting paid, right? So uh, those were the types of guys I was hiring to flip the houses. And they're ultimately also the same companies that our customers hire, right? So our customers are hiring these small businesses to do work for them. The chances of them either canceling their insurance or not having the insurance they're supposed to have is very, very high, uh, seven out of ten are non-compliant to the contract. Wow. So, yeah. So it's um, you know, I I understood it from a really small scale from what I did uh, in the real estate market, and you know, for me that's a handful of subcontractors per house. Uh, but for our customers in the commercial world, you know, they have thousands of vendors and subcontractors that they're working with, and it's a it's a nonstop everyday paper chase process. You know, it's nonstop phone calls, emails, calendar reminders. Lots of headaches. You know, our tagline's what you loathe, we love. <laughs> That's great. I like it. Yeah. What, what was the, one of the most challenging parts of, of going from, you know, flipping houses, very non-software-oriented business to my COI, the, the software business side yeah. of, of business? Yeah. You know, I'd, I had a lot to learn about software. Yeah. You know, I think we uh, – even getting our product to market, so getting our software to a place where it was really ready to go to market to be able to handle a risk management function – for large corporations, you know, that's, uh, it needs to be in a very strong, stable spot to be able to go do that. And so it was a long journey to get the software to where it needed to be. And um, you know, we went through a handful of different developers and companies we worked with before we actually got it to a place that we were ready to take to market. So there were a lot of lessons learned, you know, through that process. But we eventually got there, you know, it, First time it didn't work out with the product, and we had to uh, scratch that and start over. But it didn't stop us. Yeah. You know, it, you know, we had to throw it out and say, "Let's hit the reset button." And um, we did end up getting a place where we, you know, went to market. And one of our, you know, first 
customers was Caterpillar, right? So we, we were at a place we had that credibility and we could bring on large Fortune 100 companies. Mm-hmm. So That's great. Congratulations yeah. on all the growth. Thanks. Well, and all of you have decided to start and grow your company in Indiana, of all places, right here in Indiana. Um, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that process, what benefits you got out of it, and also maybe what some of the challenges have been uh, as well along the way. Uh, Lisa, admittedly, I don't know very much about Anderson. I I went up maybe to the flagship uh, Mm -hmm. space, I'm going to have to say five, six years ago. So I imagine it looks very different today. Um, what is it like starting a company in Anderson, Indiana? First of all, where is Anderson, Indiana? Yeah, Anderson is about 25 miles northeast of uh, Indianapolis off uh, Highway 69. And the, um, the there's two locations now for flagship. Uh, one is uh, actually at an old GM plant site that was torn down a number of years ago. So Purdue School of Technology came in and built a satellite school to address you know some of the local School of Technology students' needs. And then attached to that building is a 35,000-square-foot manufacturing space that flagship manages, and that's where we're in. So cool. What, what's fueling all of that? Is it city, uh, the city that's behind it? Is it mostly Purdue University, you know, just up the road in West Lafayette that's yeah, it, it's, that? it's actually all of the above. We have found um, the mayor's office in Madison County and Purdue to be wonderful partners for us. So... The mayor's office actually built the building, Purdue's leasing it, to best of my knowledge, um, for the classrooms, and then flagship, you know, has leasing capability for the manufacturing space. But they have been so helpful for Go Electric and our growth. Um, uh, we needed, we were at a, a, a different facility, and they really wanted us at at the new flagship facility. They actually dedicated it to Bill Wylam, who was kind of an icon in the electric vehicle industry in Indiana. So it's the Wylam Center. Oh, great. And so there's three companies in there that all are involved either with batteries or renewable energy or innovation of, of some kind. What we have found, though, just you know, from a workforce development and attraction, Central Indiana is awesome when it comes to engineers. And you know, no wonder we've got Purdue and Notre Dame and Rose Hellman. So... And, and a lot of what we do is electrical engineering. So we actually have had really, really good luck finding technical talent. A little bit harder on the software engineering, but so far, I have to admit, I, I don't think we've ever had what I consider to be a, a really desperate you know, search for talent. I think Central Indiana is rich in those areas, and that's what our company needs. I, I know Purdue has the uh, Grand Prix Mm-hmm. Um, the EV car, Grand Prix, yeah. car, car races. Now they have the EV Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. I grew up in West Lafayette, which is where Purdue is. So I, I always remember like going to the Grand Prix yeah. and experiencing that. And I thought it was so cool when they launched the EV Grand Prix uh, for electric vehicles. So it's it's cool that you know start them young, get them get, get them, them into, started, get yeah. them interested in engineering. And I always went to the engineering summer camps up there. Oh, that's awesome! In uh, in West Lafayette, didn't uh, follow through with the engineering degree, but. Uh, it's really cool to have have kind of grown up in that ecosystem, mm-hmm. and it's cool that that's feeding everything in, in in Anderson. Yeah, we we feel real fortunate for being there. That's awesome. Uh, and Bloomington, I have spent yeah. some time there, <laughs> but uh, not really sure what the maker community is like there, and uh, what your experience has been being in that city, uh, which of course is just down the road from Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. So yeah um, all three of us graduated from Indiana University, and um, go Hoosiers. Yeah. Go Hoosiers. Um, and none of us actually have a business degree. We didn't graduate from Kelly. I'm a political science major. Anthony has a linguistics background. And my brother is a psychology major. And we started the company in Bloomington. And um, from the beginning, it was a lot, Bloomington, not even just Bloomington, but Indiana was very welcoming, very supportive. 
and um, just a community there, supportive of local businesses and whatnot too. To the city there helped us, like the BDC, the Bloomington Economic Development Company. Um, they helped us as well, just get grants and stuff to to fund certain projects that we had. And I just feel like with Indiana University, we work with Indiana University and Ivy Tech as well. We have an internship program that we work closely with, and there's a lot of untapped talent in in um, India in Indiana, all throughout Indiana too, and not just IU, but like Purdue University and um, here in Indianapolis as well. And then we just use those resources and we help the interns and they help us and, and buy, yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> uh, Bloomington's such a cool town. Uh, very interesting. It almost feels like the boulder of Indiana Absolutely. in some ways. If, I mean, we were talking about boulder before we went live here. Um, but it just seems like there's a lot of entrepreneurial activity down there. Obviously, a lot of that is, is spawned by Sproutbox, the accelerator Absolutely. that was down there. Yeah. Um, and there's just some really cool programs. Obviously, Kelly School of Business has one of the top Absolutely entrepreneurship that. programs. So it's it's awesome to have you here yeah. and have your Absolutely. perspective at the table. Yeah, and we feel like Bloomington, um, we want to put Indiana on the map, not just Bloomington, but we want to, Soapy Soap Company Design by Soap, we want to, when you think of Indiana, you think of the all-natural soap capital of the world yeah that's what we're aiming for well, it's yeah. just like a lot of things kind of in that space coming yeah. out of bloomington i know um we had inx3 which was a big mm-hmm. uh, pitch competition yeah. and, and uh tech conference earlier this year and um there was someone that there was in like the beekeeping space that had a business out yeah. of bloomington yeah. Yeah. and there's just like a lot of cool like things that seem like they're niche but like when you dig into the financials it's like no these are these are big businesses that are growing like Absolutely, crazy out yeah. of Bloomington. No, Bloomington's community helps a lot with, with startups and local companies as well. Yeah, so that's really awesome. Cool I, I was talking to one of the, the uh, architects last night who's working on um, that new co-working space that's yeah. finally gotten green light, you know, yeah. green lighted, and it sounds like there's going to be a, a whole new hub of entrepreneurial activity down there. Yeah, we were at the co-working space that they have right now in Bloomington. Cool. Yeah, and it's really unique. It's really interesting. They help like businesses to come there where you can just like if you want to have like an office for a day or have an office for a month and they're really supportive of that as well so it's really unique and it's like a laid-back environment as i love well. it so, yeah that's cool <laughs> it's cool to see all those like trends and co-working and co-work b-town is down there yeah. as well shout yeah. out to those yeah. guys um <laughs> see it hit you know even even college towns like bloomington Absolutely. Um, and just see that rising tide yeah. and our, our other three guests are all from indianapolis uh but in you know headquartered in different areas at despy i know you guys at quantify are part of the high alpha portfolio can you talk to me a little bit about what that is and and what it's like are you guys on the circle yeah we are awesome um, yep we're on the circle we just moved to a new office on floor 10 of the circle tower cool. building so and so for those excited. that don't know that aren't from indianapolis the circle is like this literally the center of the city <laughs> uh, indianapolis is one of those city, few cities that was designed flatland we're going to design this city from the center out from the start and it's one of the best engineered cities in in the country uh, but when we talk about the circle, that's what we're talking about. Sorry, sorry yeah, to interrupt. It gives us a big disadvantage when we travel and try and drive in Detroit or yeah. Atlanta or something. Yeah, it's like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Things don't line, line up like this right, right. Uh, in Indiana. Yeah, Yeah. right. Uh, yeah, and it's been wonderful being a part of High Alpha. This is my first startup experience. Cool. Um, and High Alpha has definitely uh, been a big part of Quantify's success and growth um, in the past year. Um, so, yeah, we're excited to be part of that family. Well, it's such a cool opportunity, you know, seeing, um, you know, people at X exact target, uh, mm-hmm. as well as people who have been involved with the tech community for a really long time, like Christian Anderson, uh, you know, one of the founders of Studio Science, and having that portfolio of companies from Lessonly to Sigster to Octave that are all just doing amazing things in the B2B SaaS space. 
Um, and it's cool, you know, Quantify is one of the more recent uh, portfolio companies out of that group I just mentioned. It's cool to just see that like community within a community help the overall community of, yeah. of tech and entrepreneurship in Indiana. Yeah, it's been great. There's a um, such a strong network um, in the software space in Indianapolis, and we've definitely benefited from that, uh, both from a recruiting perspective, um, but also just having mentors and um, colleagues to kind of bounce ideas around with, you know, and um, everybody's willing to help, you know. It's not that we aren't competitive, you know, there's certainly <laughs> a, a, a good amount of that, but I think at the end of the day, we all want to see each other succeed. And so, especially in the high alpha portfolio, you know, there's a lot of support for each other as we grow. That's really awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that perspective. Uh, at, at Canvas, I don't know where you guys are headquartered out of right now. Where, where are you located in Indy? Actually, right here. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we're right uh, we're uh, headquartered <laughs> at... Uh, uh, the intersection of New York and New Jersey streets. Oh, cool. A couple blocks off Mass Ave. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Well, and speaking of recruiting, um, you guys obviously power recruiting, but at yes. a more meta level, yeah. what has it been like getting the talent together for the initial team? Yeah, you know, I think uh, we've got our, our strong kind of core team of, of full-time Canvas employees, but I think we've also uh, received a lot of benefit just from the ecosystem writ large in Indianapolis around software and design and whether it's everything from accounting to design, right? We've been able to kind of tap into the local community to make sure that, you know, we're really buttoned up in all aspects of our game. And so I think that certainly speaks to um, us continuing to move through that uh, maturation process as a city that we have a, you know, certainly talent that we can acquire for, for full-time help. But then when you're looking to services to augment your business, there's so many great options here in town as well. And so I think that's been something that we really I've been on the the uh, beneficiary of. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing is it's not just any services. It's like if you're getting an accounting firm, you're getting an accounting firm that works with other B2B SaaS exactly. companies. That's exactly And right. if you're hiring a design firm, it's not just someone that knows how to use Photoshop and Correct. InDesign. It's yeah. someone that like has helped run UX teams at companies that have exited here for hundreds of millions or billions of dollars. Correct. So there's just been this really nice ecosystem around the software space that's that's uh, developed, whether it's a product company, services company, or whether it's colleges, universities, you know, kind of helping us uh, mine talent. But um, we're really excited about uh, participating in it. Yeah, we're excited too. Yeah. Kristen, what's, what's your experience been like uh, starting up here in Indianapolis? Yeah, you know, I'm actually most excited about how I've watched it evolve. Mm -hmm. So we came to market uh, in 2011. So we started company in late 2009, went to market in 2011. So uh, it's been kind of fun to watch how it's changed from the point in time where we were first out, you know, doing our first seed round and um, getting support from the local community, seeing what's happened uh, over the last couple of years. And it is really impressive. I mean, the the number of startup companies that are, are really making their way right now, uh, the angel investment community that's here, the different supports from the, you know, the services that you need, that's all changed a lot in the last few years. So, What's been the biggest change from your initial seed round you raised in 2011 to maybe some of your most recent fundraising experience? You know, there's been a lot of money poured back into our community since that time frame. Um, you know, we've had some strong exits here in Indianapolis, and that's uh, driven a lot of individuals that are now angel investors. And, you know, High Alpha is there now and others that are uh, similar that are that weren't around at that point in time, you know, when we were out doing our first uh, seed round. So that's really feeding are, you know, feeding the startup ecosystem right now. I'm also really excited to see how it evolves because I right now it's all focused on startup and they're starting to become an initiative focused more on scale up, you know, trying to get more VCs in town. And, uh, you know, TechPoint has a tailwind program. They're trying to help on, you know, support scale ups and 
uh, I think over the next few years, we'll start to see more and more at, at that phase for the businesses as well. Definitely. There, yeah. There's this like very rich base of companies now that you can't even really call it startups. They're, they're still startups in the sense that they're constantly launching new products and right. features and testing things out. But it, there's a strong base of a revenue model there. There's serious growth. Absolutely. And uh, it's it's at that stage of like, how do we get more talent in here? Because mm -hmm. we can't grow this mm -hmm. thing without the right people to support it. More talent, more capital. Yep. It's, it's exciting to see. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you mentioned TechPoint, Chris, and uh, I know a lot of you uh, have mentioned other things like the flagship group and then even the service providers here in Indianapolis. Um, are, are there other organizations that you've come across in your entrepreneurial path that uh, have been particularly helpful? And if so, you, and, and maybe they're not even organizations, maybe it's just a mentor along the way that's sort of been a guide. Um, does anyone have a, a, a experience there where maybe you like were faced with a tough decision or a potential barrier? but the right organization or mentor came along and you kind of help break through. I know you do because every entrepreneur has like <laughs> dozens of those, but I, I was, I'm, I want to throw that out to the crowd to uh, whoever wants to, an whoever answers first. And then we can, we can all share the mic. Of course we do have six of them. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in on that. Um, yeah. Coming back to what I just mentioned, but uh, tech point is doing so much in this community. So I, totally. I, you know, that that's one that comes to mind uh, of just, you know, really driving some of the, the changes in the community, supporting the different companies, PR, talent, you know, getting more developers here, uh, just all of their different initiatives, I think, is making movement with the companies here locally. So I'd, I'd give a shout out to those guys. Absolutely. And techpoint.org, you can find out more information about that. Always publishing great stories. They're frequently at the powder keg events covering mm -hmm. the companies mm -hmm. that are on stage. Mm -hmm. They're always involved in the community in some way or another. It's it's been really cool to see how that that whole organization has evolved in the last four or five years. Absolutely. Anyone else have a Yeah, for Quantify, you know, one of our the core values that we founded our company with was to build a company that represents the country. And for us, that's been a challenge in recruiting. How do we reach outside of our network to bring in people who have different perspectives, people of color, women, um, LGBTQ candidates? Like, how do we find people who can bring a different perspective to our company? So we were really excited to participate as sponsors in Disrupt Indie in August. Awesome. And our, we're excited to see what um, that organization will continue to do to help foster that conversation specifically around tech you know we are all the time looking for opportunities to have this conversation too as a company because we feel it's really important to push it forward um, for those who weren't there or don't know what disrupt indie is yeah uh, I know you don't work for disrupt indie sure, but of course. could you maybe give your firsthand account of what that experience was yeah it was an event organizing um, companies and thought leaders around the idea that um, you know we have to start talking about the fact that there are not enough women and people of color in in technology companies, and that is a problem for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, first, it, we need those different perspectives to make our companies stronger, right? So this uh, was a two-day event where um, companies came together from Indy, but also from other places, and um, there were panel discussions and um, talks and networking events to give people an opportunity to really talk about this and talk about what we can do, you know, give pe candidates a chance to connect with companies and that sort of thing. Um, and, we're, you know, we are really looking for more of that in Indy. Yeah, that's really cool. We, we had a diversity and inclusion event that we ran at Powder Keg last week uh, at the Athenaeum uh, there on Mass Ave. And Kristen Nunnery, 
sorry, Kristen Cooper. Uh, Kristen Cooper. Yeah, Kristen Nunnery is here at the table. Really Kristen, yeah, Kristen. Kristen. Time to chime in on that one. <laughs> Kristen, Kristen Cooper, who leads Startup Ladies, uh, led that whole programming for us. And she just does an amazing job with the, the program. I want to give her a shout out. And that program yeah. at Startup Ladies, they're doing a lot. Um, yeah. to get uh, a lot of the, the women that are working at and growing from the leadership positions of tech companies, um, not just in India, but statewide. It's really cool to see more programs like that. And I know even TechPoint has the, a women in tech mm -hmm. program, mm -hmm. and there's mm -hmm. Indiana Women in Tech. Uh, High Alpha even has um, the Blue Angels, I know, yeah. um, which it's just really awesome to see. A lot of that, even in the last year, does that conversation uh, being had at bigger and bigger stages uh, of the media and events and incorporation at all levels. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're excited to see it and, and, and glad to be a part of it. Well, I appreciate you sharing the perspective um, of just your experience at Disrupt India. That's really cool. What What's the, the culture like in Bloomington or in Anderson, just in terms of like, you know, whether it's diversity or um, just different backgrounds, what is bringing outside thought or outside outside perspective into those communities? I think there's because there was a legacy of of manufacturing. You've already got diversity with respect to how do you apply what what both from a workforce and what you know into a new advanced energy industry. We're you know, kind of on a footprint, look like a traditional manufacturing company. Um, so we've got a lot of male engineers, a, a few female engineers, obviously a female CEO leader. And um, um, when we recruit, um, we get a pretty good balance, I'd say, for what's out there. I mean, there I have to admit, there's still very few women in tech. So the amount of resumes you get kind of show that, you know, that smaller amount, but uh, definitely well-prepared and I feel like we've done a reasonably good job of, of trying to keep diversity in the in the company. So um, I guess I, I I don't have a feeling like we're we're missing something. I yeah. think it's there. You still have to go out and find it, and that can be tough sometimes. But we're we're getting there. It's just it's never been a topic that has been difficult to talk about because we just feel like we're doing a reasonably good job at it so far. That's great. And you have Anderson University there as well. We do. Which probably yeah. brings in some like diversity uh, just from the student body population. We do. Yeah. We draw interns both from Purdue and from Anderson University oh, cool. into the company. So we've had uh, men and women come through, um, go electric for, for roles, both from marketing all the way to, to engineering. Well, and P Purdue is, is so diverse. I mean, just my friends from mm -hmm. high school, like I'm I'm the tall, you know, straight white guy, but like all my friends are from all, you know, everywhere else <laughs> in the world. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's really cool. I mean, mm -hmm. I've got the lamest backstory of all my friends from high school, um, <laughs> but it's, 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 I feel really fortunate to have grown up in that diverse community because yeah. I feel like it just gave, exposed me to a lot at a really young age. Yeah. And I think Bloomington is very diverse. It's yeah. like in its own like bubble. I feel like um, just with IU and just with like IU, Runs kind of Bloomington, but they have like a separate section of just like supporting the local artists, supporting just the local makers and everything as well. And they have a really good like ecosystem of just a lot of people like to help the community and they don't expect anything in return and everything. And I think that's a big, big push of like how I felt like when we started the company, it was, it was great to start in Bloomington. Yeah. And especially like when we first started, we went to like the farmer's markets and then we just got a lot of feedback from other mentors, other people that were in, in the field and then just to help us go national. And That's so cool. I, yeah, I feel like with IU, too, it's helped a lot. 
That's great. Yeah. That's great. Do you still work pretty closely with the university? Yeah, we work uh, closely with our internship program. So we have an internship program where we work with the Kelly School of Business, SPIA, and we also um, had a couple of interns in the chemistry department to help us with like our essential oils and everything as well with, with testing them. And then with our um, internship program, what's unique is, is it's not just like the typical go get coffee or do the busy work. It's more of we empower like our interns to like if they if they want experience in sales or marketing. Hey, you know what? Let's let's figure out um, a marketing plan and let's implement it. Let's see if it works. So it's more like project based and hands on, so they can get real life experience and stuff as well. Absolutely, yeah. that's really cool. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Yeah, uh, Amin, I, you had a really interesting story that you shared um, during your fireside chat right after uh, you helped Apparatus sell for was it thirty some million and change. Um, and I, I'm wondering if you'd be comfortable sharing some of your perspective of just growing up in this community in Indiana and how that's been challenging or how it's evolved along the way. Yeah, no, it's certainly evolved. I mean, I think, you know, everyone kind of has their um, origin stories, if you will. And, you know, ours was interesting in the sense that my, my parents you know, immigrated from India, ended up in actually southern Indiana. And uh, believe it or not, we were we were actually picketed out of town. So we, we lost our first family business because they set up a, like a strike out in front of the, the store. And it was just crazy experience. And I think I learned a lot from my dad, and I've talked about this over the years, which is, you know, there's there's no time to be a victim, right? You just you pick up the pieces and you just go. And I think that's just the number one, you know, so whether it was in high school, I remember one time, you know, having a uh, uh, really pretty terrible thing spray painted on our door at our house uh, growing up on the west side of town. And, you know, like it was like my dad just, well, let's just clean that off and get back to it. You know, like there wasn't a lot of time or focus on uh, being injured. It was just about, you know, being here is such a great opportunity for us. And let's just, you know, keep uh um, uh, swinging the axe and chopping the wood and, and try to make great things happen. So I think, you know, I, I actually am appreciative of those experiences. And um, I think we're growing uh, leaps and bounds. And I think, uh, just as Kristen mentioned, I'm really proud of the progress that, you know, we've made as a community here in central Indiana and elsewhere in the state. And um, uh, I think we just got to keep, you know, keep that heading in the right direction and uh, making our mark as individuals. And, um, you know, I think what we have going for us and is just how, um, competitive but supportive the the technology community is here and i think it is something that's really special and i really appreciate the fact that you know um i haven't tested kristen yet but i know if i if i called or texted kristen said hey i really have a question for you my guess is that we're measuring the response time in hours you know across our our peers and the people that we work with here in the, in the city so i really appreciate that part of it it is really cool and i appreciate you sharing that perspective um Amin, because i'm i'm sure that was not an easy experience or those were not easy experiences but the fact that you see that you know that's not everyone in indiana and that really i've, I've seen a lot of effort uh, made to help level the playing field we're certainly not there yet um but when indiana passed some terrible legislation a few years ago it was really cool to see indianapolis and and the rest of the state say no we want that that terrible legislation revised and quickly the state did revise it. And it's just, it is cool to see that there's this nucleus, at least in the tech community in particular of, of just inclusivity and, and, and encouraging diversity because we understand that in order to be innovative, we have to get that diversity of thought. Yeah. One of the things I'm really proud of, or we'll have some more announcements about this, but it's in production, but like right now with canvas today, it's so cool. You hit a button and it, it neutralizes the interview, right? So when a recruiter sends the a package of information over to the hiring manager, you don't know if it's Amy Brown or Amon Brar. Um, and it, it, the machine learning engine is really cool. So if I were, if you ask a question like, tell me about your leadership experience. And if, if I said, well, I was, you know, captain of a football team, 
It even knows to redact the word football because it's a gender tell. So it's a really, really cool experience wow. to help um, get people on base. Because that's, you know, really, um, I think our bigger challenges are really with unconscious bias and some mm -hmm. of those systematic mm -hmm. things. And so we really have to think about how do we solve these problems differently. Because I, I think most people wake up every morning wanting to be nice, right? Yeah. Wanting to be welcoming um, yep. and, and don't have malignant intentions. It's just that there's lots of reasons why we make repetitive decisions and we have to figure out how to break those patterns. And I think uh, there's lots of things we can do. You know, as a community with technology, with process, and, and otherwise to, to, to make a dent there. It's so cool to hear that you and Canvas are innovating that space. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's awesome. I didn't, I didn't know you had that yeah, feature. It's in production at one button, and it works. It's that's really awesome. Cool. That's wow. I want to try that out. Yeah, that sounds, yeah. sounds really cool. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the pitch that's happening next week because uh, it's, it's a big deal. $100,000 at stake from a, a very noteworthy investor. Uh, at, you know, before we close up here, uh, what are some of the things that you're going to be doing between now and and next week uh, to prepare for the stage, prepare for that pitch opportunity. Yeah. Selling. <laughs> Selling. <laughs> yeah. Practice. Practice, practice, practice. Yeah, practice, practice. Yeah. practice. Absolutely. How, how do you guys like to practice for a pitch like that or even prep for a sales pitch? I think the thing I'm going to struggle with is, I, is this is kind of interesting because there's um, some practice sessions yeah. that day. Yeah. And I would say, I'm not saying this is a good thing, but I generally like to have it all in my head until that moment where I like release it to the world. Yeah. So I actually am kind of nervous about my own personal creative process and how I do this. Yeah. And um, I actually have anxiety about the practice part. And because my typical MO is I just, you know, I think, I think, I think, and then I'm ready. And when I'm ready, I'm just ready, right? I'm ready to deliver it. And so I'm very um, – I don't love this part of it. The fact that we're going to actually practice it is actually the part – I have more anxiety about the practice than <laughs> yeah. I do about the actual pitch because yeah. yeah. I, I just don't want to practice it in that way because I feel like I'm letting my – it's like playing the football game before you play the football game, right? Yeah. And I don't, I don't, uh, I don't like that. Uh, yeah. quite frankly, I don't yeah. usually use a script, so, yeah. mm -hmm. um, so having to practice and then having them agree, yep, yeah. yeah, you're good to go, and knowing that when I'm on the stage, it's going to be very similar, but it's not going to be exact. Yeah. And wondering, do they, do they get this? So, yeah. so I'm a little yeah. nervous. Same thing yeah. that <laughs> about the pitch practice because same thing. I usually okay. I know I have seven minutes. Here's my slides, and 99% of it I've done over and over and over again. But I always modify everything ever so slightly for what the situation is. Yeah. So this is a new situation. So we've got some modifications. So anyway, yep. so we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, for as someone who has seen a lot of onstage pitches uh, through what we've done at Powder Keg and then even just some of the partnerships we've done with Rise of the Rest or Recess or other national organizations that run these pitch competitions, South by Southwest, one of the things I can assure you is that the practice, which I'm the same way, I'm like, or at least I was the same way until I started trying it this other way because I was forced to do it that mm -hmm. way. <laughs> Some of these organizations that are like, no, 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 you have to like rehearse it and do it as if you're doing it. It's going to go better the second yeah, time totally. and it's going to go better the third time. It's going to go better the fourth time. Uh, and I'm really eager to hear all of you guys uh, pitch on stage. Uh, it's it's going to be great. Yeah. And I, I, know, I know it is. If people wanted to find out more about uh, your companies, where's a good place for them to find you? Website, mycytracking.com. And are you on social, Kristen? Uh, we're on social, but you're going to find a lot more on our website. Okay, cool. And the website <laughs> We again? actually, I'll share, we just hired a VP of marketing. It's coming from Angie's List. And so awesome. you'll see some changes with social coming forward here. Okay. Looking Very cool. To it. Very yeah. cool. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Um, where can people find out more about you and Canvas? Great. Uh, GoCanvas.io. Uh, on social, you can follow me at, um, at Amon D. Brar.
You can find us at quantify.ai, and we're also on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find on our blog our the new new thing podcast, as you alluded to earlier. So if you want to hear more about what kinds mar- of things are you, oh yeah, sorry, yeah, marketing experimentation, taking risks, trying new things, you can hear from uh, scientists, coffee roasters, uh, marketers. It kind of runs the gamut. It's a really fun podcast. Why podcasting? Before Quantify was launched as a company, we began the new new thing as a way to experiment ourselves. Mm. And it's been a great opportunity for us as marketers to connect with so many people um, in Indianapolis, but in the larger national community um, to talk about marketing and what is important to marketers. Um, So it's been a great tool for us. Cool. And you can find us at designbysoap.com and our socials are uh, soapysoapcompany.com on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Love it. Are you on social (laughs) yourself? I am not. Okay. (laughs) Too busy making soap. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. I need to get on there, though. No worries. No no pressure from my end. Lisa, how about you? Where where can we find you Uh, and and Go Electric? We're at uh, Go Electric Inc. Don't forget the inc.com. And then we're also on LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. Cool. Well, we'll link that all up in the show notes. Uh, if you are tuning into this on the Powder Keg podcast, you can find that at powder, powderkeg.com. And then just find the show notes for this particular show. You'll find links to everyone's bios and where you can find them on social as well as their companies. Um, even some of the companies we've mentioned, uh, organizations like TechPoint and Disrupt Indie, we'll make sure those get linked up in the show notes. If you want to hear more stories like this, please check out powderkeg.com forward slash iTunes for more. And if you want to see all five of these companies pitch on stage next week on October 12th. Tune into the live stream, which you'll be able to find at facebook.com forward slash rise of rest. Search for that hashtag rise of rest, and you're going to get to hear all these great companies. Thanks so much for tuning in. Drop your comments below. We'll be sharing the link for the Facebook live um, with everyone here at the table. So hopefully they can dive in and answer questions (laughs) if you have them. Thanks so much for tuning in. And for more stories on entrepreneurs, leaders, and professionals outside of Silicon Valley, make sure you give us a little subscribe on iTunes. You can find us at powderkeg.com slash iTunes. It's a handy dandy link we created just for you. You'll want to subscribe there because we have some amazing guests coming up. So please don't miss that. And while you're at it, please leave us a review on iTunes. This is how we reach new people. And the positive reviews we've already received have helped us dramatically grow our audience for sharing these entrepreneurs stories. And while I'm on that subject, we've got a helpful companion website at powderkeg.com. You can find show notes for this episode as well as all of the past articles and interviews and even events. So come on out to one of our powder keg pitch nights. We have them all over the United States right now. Uh, But at those pitch nights, you can come and connect with other tech entrepreneurs, investors, and professionals that are just like you. So it's a great opportunity to get out from behind your computer screens, you know, take those headphones out, uh, and come learn about the latest companies, innovation strategies that are just disrupting industries and changing the world. We also live stream those events. So if you can't make it out in person or if we're not in your city yet, you can check us out at facebook.com slash powder keg. We've been getting some really awesome feedback from you guys, so thank you for that. Uh, But I go to a lot of these powder keg events myself. I just want to mention that again, so I'd love to catch you there in person if you can make it. Again, you can learn all about those events as well as new articles and episodes of Powder Keg Igniting Startups at powderkeg.com. I'll see you there, or we'll talk to you on the next episode.